News when you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Dan Schwartzman. Israel continues to bomb the Gaza Strip with airstrikes as one week has now passed since Hamas's deadly attack into the country. The Israeli army says it's preparing for significant ground operations, which will be an integrated and coordinated attack from the air, sea and land. Israel has urged Gaza residents to flee south as it looks to clear civilians from the possible battlefield. Hamas now claims that nine more hostages, including four foreigners, were killed in Israeli bombing raids, raising the total to 26. So far, more than 1,900 Palestinians have been reportedly killed in the airstrikes. The U.S. now says that 29 citizens were killed with another 15 missing along with a lawful permanent resident during Hamas's attack. President Biden speaking with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for the fifth time since the attack, updating the U.S.'s military support for the country. Biden also spoke with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, offering the authority his full support on efforts to provide humanitarian aid. Also for the first time, the head of Israel's Shin Bet, the country's internal security service, admitted that intelligence indicated two hours prior to the attack that something was happening in Gaza. After speaking with the military, both sides assessed incorrectly what was going on. Israeli troops also exchanged fire today with Hezbollah on the Lebanese border. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is urging China to use its influence to help limit the Israel-Hamas conflict. More on that part of the story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Blinken is urging Beijing to help prevent other state or non-state actors from attacking Israel and widening its war with Hamas. State Department says Secretary of State had a long conversation with Foreign Minister Wang Yi before departing from Riyadh. The two spoke for an hour, and it was their first call since the Hamas attacks on Israel a week ago. The U.S. has been particularly concerned about Hezbollah, the Iran-backed militia group in Lebanon, opening an additional front in the war on Israel's northern border. China has close relations with Iran and assisted Tehran in brokering a landmark diplomatic detente with Saudi Arabia earlier this year. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Denise. Secretary Blinken was in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Stanford University has suspended a non-faculty instructor for allegedly targeting students for their identities amid the Israel-Hamas war. Reports say the instructor singled out individual students based on their Jewish backgrounds, calling them colonizers while minimizing the Holocaust. Stanford says it's working to, quote, ascertain the facts of the situation. Speaking of Stanford, the university's $40.9 billion investment fund returned 4.4% during the 12 months ending June 30th. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. That tops results at other elite colleges despite headwinds from venture capital and private equity. The performance of the fund, which includes Stanford's endowment of more than $36 billion, outpaced returns of less than 2% at Yale and the University of Pennsylvania during the period. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology posted a loss due in part to declining values in venture capital investments, a trend that also weighed on Stanford. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Charlie. Federal Reserve officials are set to hold rates steady at their next meeting, scheduled for October 31st to November 1st, as a run-up in bond yields has led to a tightening of financial conditions. The Federal Open Market Committee, though, did not signal that rate hikes are off the table, as data on the labor market and inflation shows that the economy is still steadily moving along. Luxury sports car maker Ferrari has begun to allow U.S. customers to pay for their vehicles in cryptocurrency, with the idea to expand the practice to Europe by the first quarter of next year. The company 
company is using BitPay as its crypto payment processor here in the U.S. and allows transactions using Bitcoin, Ether, and USDC without fees or surcharges. The automaker will also be extending the service to other regions where cryptocurrency is legally accepted. The Qatari investment firm led by Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Altani has withdrawn its bid from Manchester United, clearing the way for British billionaire Sir Jim Ratcliffe to gain control of the storied football club. The Qatari's bid was for more than £5 billion for the entire club, which did not satisfy the current owners, the Glazer family. Reports say that Ratcliffe could make an offer that would give him an initial 25% stake in the club, while allowing some Glazer family members to remain invested, which would most likely infuriate a fan base that has blamed the Glazers for the club's lack of success in recent years. That's news when you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Dan Schwartzman and this is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.